0: You've got a whole
1: library in front of you today. I have this book and that book. You and mean that serious book. business? I've got the whole li- uh, I've got the entire Bible because of context. Uh, yeah, and I have the lectionary that our workbook for the lectures. I see it. And then I have the gospel book because I wanted to compare cycle A, B, and C for the fourth Sunday of Easter. I mean, really, I all I have is
0: a laptop, my iPhone, and a bottle of water.
1: Oh, I've got a cup of coffee.
0: (laughs) Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Puppis here with Father Herb.
1: Number 123. Number 102. 102.
0: Okay. It's good to be with all of you. We are just cruising through the month of May. Uh, As many of you know, we record on Tuesdays. Yesterday was incredibly beautiful. Sunny. Almost 80. Good day to be outside. And today we're back to the 50s and cloudy.
1: Yes, and sweater wearing. I,
0: I had a polo on yesterday, and today I'm wearing a sweater,
1: and as are you. Very nice sweater, by the way. Uh, thank you. I, I is appreciate that new? That. It looks new. Uh, well, it was new when I got it. But, well, how old is it? <laughs> oh, maybe six months. Oh, that's, that's all.
0: That For you, that's new. That's new. That's new. Uh,
1: I do want to, before we go f- further today, yeah. I want to give a shout out to David. Hi, David. David lives in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. David was a kid in one of my previous parishes about 25, 30 years ago. Uh And David contacted me last week and said he is a listener to the 23 podcast. How great. This is wonderful. So we're up to three people now. (laughs) (laughs) David, just
0: spread the word in L.A. I'm sure there's a few people that live out that way. Yes.
1: Anyway, it, it's good to be back. Uh I was on retreat last week. Yes, we missed you. Could How you was? tell could you
0: tell was there a glow around me this week? You I could tell when you're celebrating mass you were just a little
1: more holy. Oh, the glow is because we didn't put the shades down uh, <laughs> from the big windows behind me.
0: We did have some magnificent sun on Sunday and uh the uh the, the sun sets. I don't know, you know, we had first communion this past weekend and somebody posted on the parish Facebook group, our parishioner group that we have, the most exquisite sunset that was on Wednesday night of last week during the First Communion retreat.
1: And they were actually rehearsing where to sit uh, for the First Communion Mass. And Marla said that she noticed that everybody was looking over her shoulder at something. And so she turned around and the sky was a glow. Yeah.
0: It just shades of pink and orange and purple. I was not here but I I got to see the the picture after the fact once it was posted. So but uh while you were while we were rehearsing for first communion you were on retreat what were some of the highlights for you down at St. Mindred?
1: Well, it's always wonderful. I went to St. Mindred which is a monastery, Benedictine monastery and I love the Benedictine spirituality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would can, say What
0: can I ask yes. when you say that? What what are some of the the Hallmarks of Benedict and spiritual, well, like wedding.
1: all monks they they meet about five times a day to pray, okay, and the the morning prayer was at five thirty in the morning,
0: that follows the Liturgy of the hours,
1: uh yes, and then the mass was about seven thirty. No, I did not get up at five thirty. My morning prayer was a little bit later in the morning, okay, I was on retreat after all yeah, that's right, uh, but I was able to pray with them at different times, but probably the highlight for me was just being in a holy place. There were other priests there. It was a a retreat for priests, priests from around the Midwest. Okay, And I I just had a chance to be reflective. The weather was good. I was able to go outside and walk. Um, Climate-wise or temperature-wise, they are a couple weeks ahead of us. The the lilacs were just finishing their blooms. Mine and my backyard are, I think, for Mother's Day are going to be... Just just right. It's supposed to be perfect for Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're that, be that's, good. that was part of God's plan for Northwest Ohio. <laughs> um when they when they get together for prayer, do they chant quite a bit as It was Easter season, so it's all chant. Okay. Now do they chant at other times of the year? I think the answer is yes. Okay. I bet it's beautiful. But and... it's a very slow, very slow methodical chant. Uh-huh. And done in sort of a soft voice. Is it in Latin or English? Oh, it's in English. Okay. Um, and I, I know enough Gregorian chant that I was able to chant along. Oh, cool! Uh, you have to you have to sort of know where the where the 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 line is going. Yeah, yeah. There are certain rules, and I don't think I know them as rules, but I've just been around it enough that I can respond. That's really cool.
0: I love it. Well, we did miss you, but it's always good to get away and just have a little bit of bit of a spiritual refresher. And obviously, you mean you had
1: a spiritual refresher here with me <laughs> being away? Okay. I didn't say
0: that. Uh, <laughs> okay. But obviously, you really did your homework with the amount of books you have in front of you today. Okay. So be, I can't be, wait to see what's well, in store. Well, this
1: is the fourth Sunday of Easter, folks. It is. And everybody, everybody knows the fourth Sunday of Easter every year is... Good Shepherd Sunday. Good Shepherd Sunday. And that's really why I have the books. And this
0: is one of your favorites.
1: Oh, you well, know, we say that every. I week. say that every week. I I do like the Good Shepherd, but I've always had a, a a challenge getting my my hand on it. You know what? Why is it so popular? What What does it mean to so many people? Do you remember Margaret? I do. Uh, the the woman she died now about seven eight years ago. Pro- Nobody knew her age, including her.
0: Can I tell my favorite story about Margaret? Yes,
1: that's what I want you to do. Well, but before you do, yeah, she loved. She loved the Good Shepherd. And one year, oh, yeah, yeah. One year we had a, a, a bulletin cover that had a picture of Jesus as the Good Shepherd with a lamb on his shoulders. Uh-huh. And she loved it so much, she collected a bunch of them. And years later, years later, when she died, her daughter told me that she found a, a couple copies of that in her possession. Isn't that cool? So, my
0: favorite Margaret story is when we were at the high school, which was very early on in this parish, I was probably, what, 21 years old. Yes, and right. Margaret would sit in the front row pretty regularly in front of where we had the keyboard over at the high school, and one Sunday, I was talking to her, and um, Bill and Mary Bachelor would bring her quite often. Yes, they would bring her to Mass. And uh, Mar- Margaret said to me, do you know what a friend we have in Jesus? And I said to her, well, Margaret, of course I do. That's why I love my job and my faith so much. You know, Jesus is probably the best friend you can ever have. I hope she gave you a funny look. And she gave me a funny look like you big dummy. And she said, no, it's a hymn. <laughs> <laughs> do and you know I, And what a friend we have in Jesus? And I didn't know it was a hymn at the time. I do now, thanks to Margaret. <laughs> but I thought she was just asking me more of like a relational discipleship type of question. Not, I wasn't taking requests at the time. So, Do uh, you now? Uh, <laughs> no, I still don't, actually. But I'd play what a friend
1: we have in Jesus for Margaret if yeah. she was still around. Well, let's talk a little bit about this. And this is why I have all these books in front of me. Okay. I want to give us a setting. We are in chapter 10 of John's Gospel. Okay. Chapter 10 of John's Gospel. It's not the whole uh, chapter, but about three-fourths of the chapter is dedicated to Jesus as the good shepherd. Oh,
0: that's right. And I remember each year... May I say this?
1: Yeah, you're stealing my thunder, but
0: for you, I'll let you do it. Well, it's because you've taught me so well over the last 14 years. You actually
1: listened to me before. So each year, we take a different part of this chapter. And in year A, which was two years ago, we did chapter 10, Uh verses 1 to 10. Okay. Last year. Year B. Year B, we did chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. All right this year for chapter for cycle c right we have chapter 10 verses 27 to 30. now i know why you have the bible here i wanted to find out what's missing from 19 to 26. 19 to 26 verses are missing and it's basically just a part of the it's still part of the conversation but it sets uh, why jesus was at the temple this was all part of the Jerusalem's uh, teachings, Yeah. and people were there for the, the dedication, the Feast of the Dedication.
0: Well, and let's clarify, too, that this could be seen... Taken out of context, as almost a continuation of last weekend, as he was having breakfast on the beach, you know, feed my lambs, tend my sheep. But that was the, what we read last weekend comes much later in the Gospel. Of that John. comes
1: much later, but as I said last week, and everybody remembers, of course, what you said, always. what I said, is that it was a uh, review of the entire year, sure, or the entire Gospel, sure. But th- here is the cool image. Jesus. Is the shepherd, mm-hmm. but Jesus is also the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. Right, uh, John the Baptist. Behold, the Lamb of God. In the Book of Revelation, which is also Joanna and it, you know from the John's writing, the John's writings, uh, you know, worthy is the Lamb. We had that just last Sunday as well. Sure. So we have Jesus as the Lamb, but we also have Jesus as the Shepherd, mm. and it's not either or; it's both and. Um, I found out something on retreat because we had a scripture scholar uh, giving our talks. And although we use the image of the shepherd as a beautiful pastoral image, I sure. mean, that's what, you know, the, the pastor's crook literally is like the shepherd's crook. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the crozier that the bishop has. Sure. It takes off on that. Right. But sometimes... In in society, shepherds were looked down upon. They were not highly praised. They were dirty. They were out with the animals. That whole thing that Pope Francis talks about—smell like your sheep. Yeah. But also, ritually, you could be considered unclean if you were around uh, wounded people, or wounded animals, or dead animals. Mm-hmm. And being a shepherd, they. Likely would have been around a dead animal, and so they would be considered unclean in a ritual sense. what It's what not was this... morally uh, unclean, but ritually unclean.
0: So, what was the significance of being ritually unclean? Back it simply that meant
1: that you had to be somehow uh, washed clean. There had to be some ablutions before you could go into the temple or you could offer sacrifice. Okay. Even though the sacrifice was the lamb. Sure. So it it. it I don't really understand all of the aspects of being ritually unclean, but ritually unclean was big in the time of Jesus, especially with the Pharisees.
0: Was it? I'm just I'm just going out on a limb, not a lamb on a limb. Uh,
1: <laughs> Very good. So sorry. Yeah. It's not it's, a lamb is a past tense of limb.
0: It, as you said, it's not. It was not a immoral, so it wasn't seen as sinful necessarily. No. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's why you had to stay away, and that's why even in the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke's Gospel, you know, when the priest walks by and actually goes to the other side of the road, and so does Levi, the Levite as opposed to helping the wounded man on the road Mm -hmm. because if he was beaten up and robbed they were risking being uh ritually unclean especially if the priest was on his way to the temple sure so i'm not making excuses for the priest why would i make excuses (laughs) for priests but i'm not making excuses so much as trying to explain
0: yeah so in terms of being a shepherd, obviously it is a uh, an image that we can probably grasp in our our modern day times. But we but don't. we don't
1: have any shepherds in this country. Or oh, right. Maybe somewhere out west there might be, uh, but uh, we we have pens nowadays. Sure. We have sheep out there. Did you know there are probably more alpaca farms within a five to ten hour uh, ten five to ten mile, uh, ratio, uh, uh, radius of this parish, then there are sheep farms. I would,
0: well, there are some right on five point road.
1: Those are alpaca. Yeah. I every day. I think, I think day. there's a, a llama or two.
0: I would love to stop, stop and pet them sometime. Is the person that lives there a personer?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I know I some people that so. live
0: across the street are parishioners.
1: Yeah. Uh, but we just, we don't have many sheep farms around here. Let's re- Are you
0: saying you want to start one?
1: Sure. We can go into business Then together. we can smell like sheep.
0: <laughs> we'll just leave them right out in the parking lot. They could be our parking lot attendants. <laughs> Give them a nice little vest.
1: It could be uh, one really of my, cute. One of my favorite cartoons, I used to have it on the door of my office at a previous parish. It was a, a flock of sheep. Mm-hmm. And there was one sheep kind of in the front that had a T-shirt on. And on the T-shirt, it simply said read, Staff. so it's sort of like sometimes you know we have to be shepherds to each other although
0: we're all sheep you know i was i was actually thinking that when is when is the proper time in our discipleship to be a shepherd and when is the proper time in our discipleship to be a sheep it depends on
1: who else is the shepherd yeah we don't want to be the shepherd to the, the lord we want him to shepherd us O lord sure but we there are times we have to be shepherds to each other But let's read the gospel for this week. It is so short. It's verses 27 to 30. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For those of you that got a little stir crazy last week with the length of the gospel, don't blink. We're making up for it this week. That means
1: I can have a longer homily. Oh, don't tell them that. They're not going to come to church. too late. Too late. Um, The gospel according to John. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can take them out of the father's hand. The father and I are one. That's it. Done. That's it. Now it pivots Jesus right in the middle between the father And the sheep sure I protect the sheep they know me they hear my voice and nobody can take them away Mm -hmm. but I'm also one with the father so Jesus is the the connector yeah but let's talk about that the sheep hear my voice that is not at all uncommon that sheep do hear and recognize the voice of their shepherds Mm -hmm. they're around them all the time I think most of us recognize voices of those they love. Have you been in a room, you're a dad, have yeah. you been in a room maybe when your kids were young and there were other little kids and you were talking to some of the other parents and a, a child starts crying or yelling or screaming maybe mm-hmm. and I'm always amazed the parents can quickly figure out which one is theirs.
0: Yeah, I would say most of the time you can unless you have a couple of kids that sound somewhat similar, but... Yeah. You can tell, you can definitely tell who your children are or, you know. you. So you
1: recognize their voice. You recognize their cry. Sure.
0: Sure. Or, you know, or, you know, you could say that with anybody that you really care about. I, for instance, because I care about you right before we recorded this podcast, we had our Tuesday Holy Hour. Yes. And I heard you come into the chapel. I didn't know it was you until I heard you sit down and I could hear you. I heard you breathe, and I thought, oh, Father's here. I just yeah. know the sound of your breath.
1: My, you know the sound of my breath. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, we we can we know intimately the people that we are close to, what they sound like, how they move. Um, and so I always say, you know, that's the image I use. If If we as human beings are capable of that kind of perception, imagine how much more so God not only desires to hear our voice, but that we should be in tune with the Lord's voice in our lives.
1: My sheep hear my voice. I asked the Bible study group this morning, have you heard the voice of God talking to you?
0: This is a this is a big
1: question. And several people said yes and they gave some wonderful examples, really inspiring examples. Yeah. But then we also asked the question, how do you know it's the voice of God and not the voice of someone else? Yeah. And with what you were just saying, it's based on relationship. Right. If we have an ongoing relationship with God, then we're more likely to hear his voice and know that it's God. Mm -hmm. It has to be consistent with everything else. Now, does God speak to people who don't know him at all? I think the answer is yes there too. Mm -hmm. But I think it's got to be so much harder to discern. Well,
0: when there's so many other um, inputs in your life, sometimes
1: it's hard to discern which one you should really listen to. Or to even hear, literally hear. There's just noise. There's so much noise. How can you filter out all the other sounds?
0: So the other night I was sitting out on uh, in our backyard on the deck. It was one of those nice nights where we could do that one of the first times this season. And uh, the Maumee River is in our backyard.
1: and In the backyard literally last week, right?
0: Yes, it's gone down quite a bit, though. We're, we're doing much better. Um, but with the brig, bridge construction in Waterville... Uh, there's really loud rapids around the construction of the bridge right now because they're channeling a ton of water around a section of the bridge that they're building. And so there's a very just constant white noise outside of rushing water, especially with this high volume of water we've had from the rain. And so I was sitting outside, our girls were in bed and Claire and I were just sitting outside talking to each other. And uh, I went inside to, I think I had to use the restroom. And when I came back outside, the sound of the water was so much more intense when I came back out and heard it again for the first time versus sitting out there for a half hour and just getting used to it. And so I said to her, wow, I didn't really realize how loud that was until I just came back outside. Uh, And I think in some ways that's what we have to do with the Lord's voice in our lives too, is make sure that we're re- uh, gauging ourselves to be attuned to that voice and not just getting used to all the other white noise around us where we don't hear it anymore. And
1: to pull out that strain, that particular sound. Sure. The, the voice of the Lord. To pay attention to, to it. To pay attention. Yeah. Then somebody else I also asked the question or made the comment saying, I don't know that I've ever heard God speaking directly to me but I feel like I've heard the voice of the Lord through other people's voices. Mm. In other words, sometimes what somebody else says, that inspires, or somebody else uh, providing direction or guidance. Sure. So I think God also works through other people.
0: Yeah, we have to be, I think too though, we have to be open to that. We have to be willing to allow God to speak through other people to us and be open to what others
1: have to say. So let me take the next line in the gospel. Since it's so short, we can do this today. I know them and they follow me. And then the next line I give them, that's the sheep. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. So this is a big leap. So Jesus is no longer just saying my sheep know me and I know them. Yeah. He says, I give them eternal life. And that harkens back to chapter six of John's gospel. Where the bread of life. Sure. In fact, we're reading it every day during this week, uh, the, the, daily third, mass the third rings. week of of Easter yeah. at daily mass. We're reading chapter six. This is the whole thing. I the bread of life image, mm-hmm. but again, Jesus says, "I give life, I give them eternal life." So Jesus is no longer just talking about protecting sheep. He's saying, "I am." providing something above and beyond. And probably that's why this is so significant during the Easter season, Mm -hmm. because with the image of resurrection offered to us, as well as Jesus' own resurrection, he's calling us into that eternal life and saying, hey, stay with me because I'm gonna give you something that you can't get anywhere else. If today you hear his voice, Hard, not your hearts. That's not the psalm this weekend, but it's a good one. What is the psalm, by the way, real quickly?
0: We are his people, the sheep of his flock, Psalm 100. Oh, wonderful. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your week. We will see you this weekend for the fourth Sunday of Easter.